Hey everyone, what's new Andrew here, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Nintendo It podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a game that's been the subject of a lot of discussion. Of course, I'm talking about Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I feel like there's been especially a lot of hype and discussion around these remakes because the particular games they're remaking, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, are very important games in the franchise. Because the DS was such a huge console back in the day, these were the games that introduced a whole new generation of Pokemon and gathered the most new players into the series since arguably Pokemon Red and Blue. In addition, these games even helped win over the crowd of people who were originally fans of Pokemon back in the 90s, but as they were getting older, claimed that they were getting too old and too grown up for Pokemon. While I'm not a part of this crowd specifically, I have heard several times from content creators saying that they grew up with Generation 1 and 2, they skipped Pokemon Generation 3 because they were getting older, and then they got back into it with either Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. Fans absolutely love and cherish these games, which is why people have been thinking and talking about it ever since Generation 3 remakes were revealed way back in 2014 or 15. I remember when the Pokemon Direct was announced for February 2021, everybody was expecting the Diamond and Pearl remakes, including myself. It just felt like the perfect time. It's been long enough since Sword and Shield released, and there were no other major Pokemon games that Game Freak was remaking, so they just have to reveal it now. It has to be coming. And when Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were revealed, people were a little indifferent to say the least. This mostly came because of the graphics, which were very, very faithful to the DS, arguably a little too faithful. As for myself, I can't deny I was originally a little disappointed at first, but eventually I came around to it. I figured, you know, this is still early development footage, it still has a lot of months to go, I'm sure they can make some changes to how the game looks. And then as the months went by and we eventually did get more advertising to the game, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really feel excited. I felt mostly indifferent. The additions to the game and everything that they were advertising about it just didn't really excite me that much. There wasn't a lot of new features being shown off. Instead, the majority of the trailers focused on all the aspects that were in Diamond and Pearl in the first place. Look at these gym leaders, look at these areas. I mean, yeah, I already know that. I've played Diamond Pearl Platinum several times. I know the areas and characters like the back of my hand, but what is there that's enticing for me to purchase it personally, as someone who's a longtime fan of the games and grown up with them? And now that the release dates have finally come, wow, I... I don't really know what to say. For remakes that fans have been wanting for years, I just can't believe how tone-deaf these games feel. As Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were nearing release, there were a lot of aspects I was really nervous about, and I hate to say it, but a lot of the things that I was worried about this remake doing came true. Now, I'm not gonna go too much into this, but I have to address the presentation. I don't believe that a game's graphics really defines the quality of a game, and I don't think anybody should not want to pick up this game solely because of how it looks. But I don't care for how these remakes ended up looking. 
The environments and lighting aren't really the best, but honestly that's not a huge issue for me personally because I don't really have a lot of expectations when it comes to Game Freak and Pokemon games nowadays in presentation. I know that they're very new to console development, so the lack of details in the environment is more expected for me when it comes to Game Freak. What I can't really handle though are the chibi overworld models. I think you've heard this several times and I'm just gonna reiterate it. They're dull, they're lifeless, they're extremely undetailed, and I don't like them. They show little to no emotion, and they just have no detail to them whatsoever. It's really weird too, because Game Freak did a very similar art style for Generation 6 on the 3DS, and those looked so much better than they do in this game, which is a console game. And it wouldn't be all that bad if you didn't see them up close, but... Unfortunately, they wanted to give this game cutscenes, and during these moments, the camera just zooms in up close to these overworld models, and it really just shows the lack of detail in them. These moments just completely destroy the immersion, and it just sucks all the emotion out of these scenes. And this art style just makes a villain who is pretty intimidating look like a complete joke. Other than the character models though, the game looks only very okay. The environments, the lighting, the battles... There's nothing really mind-blowing at all or really next-gen about it. It just looks fine at best. The appearance and design of everything is extremely faithful to how it was in Diamond and Pearl. As in, pretty much no designs whatsoever were changed. Buildings, trees, roads, environments, they are all the exact same as they were on the Nintendo DS. Which worked on the DS because, you know, it was 2006 and it was for a system that had significantly less power than the Switch. But as it looks right now, the game just looks not bad, but really primitive. And as these games were releasing, one of the things I was most excited about was the music. I love the soundtracks of Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. It is not only one of my favorite soundtracks of any Pokemon game, but one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Can that be contributed to nostalgia? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I love how different this soundtrack is compared to other Pokemon games. Sinnoh's instrument was the piano, and the result was creating a soundtrack that had a lot of variety in it, it helped create some dramatic battle themes, such as Dialga and Palkia's theme, which is my favorite battle theme in the series even up to this day. The use of staccato notes created some songs that were so dramatic and passionate they felt like they could destroy a piano, such as the champion's introduction theme. it helped create some of the most smooth, beautiful, and atmospheric area pieces, such as, of course, the lake theme. And from what I've heard, the soundtrack's still pretty good in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Now unfortunately, I don't really think it's perfect. The sound mixing in some songs creates overall worse pieces. Some songs have notes that sound really dull and flat compared to the DS version, 
such as, unfortunately, the main battle theme. When it comes to battles, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is pretty much what you'd expect. Generation 4 is when I feel the battle system was really perfected in Pokemon, as it introduced the last major change to the system, the physical special split. However, there are still two very big changes that I feel impact the battle system for the worse. First off, the permanent XP share is still on Lycan Sword and Shield and it works the exact same way. No matter what Pokemon is used in battle, everybody gains experience. Just like in Sword and Shield, I don't hate the fact that this feature's in the game, I just can't stand the fact that you can't turn it off. I really don't know why Game Freak is so against customizability. If you had the ability to turn this on or off, it would please both fans who like the XP share and don't like the XP share. Heck, in X and Y and Sun and Moon, that's how it worked. You could turn it off if you want. I really don't get why Game Freak decided that leaving it on permanently was a good idea. Though in the grand scheme of things, this really isn't a huge or terrible change. This just means on average your Pokémon will probably be higher leveled, and Pokémon Diamond and Pearl are not easy games, so that'll probably balance out. However, the way friendship works from Sword and Shield was brought into this game, and I am definitely not happy with this inclusion. For those of you who don't know, when you had a maximum amount of friendship on a certain Pokémon, it really didn't do that much. It was usually important for evolving Pokémon only if they had that stipulation for evolving. However, in Generation 8, they made it so that whenever a Pokémon had max friendship with you, they would gain certain perks in battle. This includes hanging on to a certain fatal move with 1 HP, healing itself from status ailments, having a naturally higher critical hit ratio for all of their moves, and so on. This mechanic was technically introduced in Generation 7, but it was locked behind this certain minigame where you had to groom and feed and pet your Pokémon. The minigame was completely optional. You didn't have to do it if you didn't want to, because once you get a maximum rank with a certain Pokémon, there's no convenient way to undo it. That Pokémon has those specific perks for life. But in Sword and Shield, they changed that mechanic so whenever a Pokémon reaches max happiness, they will get those perks. Which is inevitable. There's no way to turn this feature off, a Pokémon naturally gains happiness the more you walk and battle with them. They're going to get those perks no matter what, and I honestly find it annoying. It may not sound bad on paper, but when your Pokémon reaches max friendship, they crit tank hits and heal themselves so much that it takes a lot of strategy out of it. And unlike Sun and Moon, there's no way to turn this feature off or even avoid it. In Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield, it trivialized a lot of the difficult moments. And I'm not happy that not only is it the same way here, but you still can't turn it off. However, I think the biggest problem I have with this game as a whole is that it ignores the original Definitive Edition release for it, Pokémon Platinum. You see, I, as well as quite a few other members of the community, don't really consider Diamond and Pearl to be that great of Pokémon games. When we say that we want Generation 4 remade, we're not talking about Diamond and Pearl, really. We're talking about Platinum. This version, released in 2008, two years after Diamond and Pearl, 
and it's two years well spent because they address most of the problems that people had with Diamond and Pearl. And it is so mind-boggling that they just ignored most of the really nice changes that Platinum made to the games. Such as the selection of Pokémon being far superior, Jim's having a much sharper design and much more fun puzzles, Jim leaders actually using Pokémon of their types, they created a lot of brand new environmental assets for this game, making a lot more areas have a more unique feel. They changed the order of the gym leaders that you fought, making the pacing a lot better. They added more cutscenes and lore, in order to make the story a little bit more memorable compared to Diamond and Pearl. And they kept absolutely none of it. We're back to having two fire types and three or four electric types in the entire decks, we're back to half of the Electric-type and Fire-type leaders' Pokémon not even being their respective type. Heck, they didn't even bother to add the second button on the Poketch. So once again, it's only a one-way channel. There's no back button. Like, come on! I mean, I totally understand not wanting to change the story or anything like that, but it's just baffling how even the most little quality-of-life changes introduced in Platinum are just completely ignored. Now, that isn't to say that there's nothing new about these remakes, because there is some new content in there. But the majority of content added in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl isn't really added, but substituted. The two examples that come to mind for me are Super Contests, as well as the Grand Underground. I'm not somebody who did participate in a lot of contests in the Sinnoh region, it just was never my thing but I always respected the minigame for how deep it is. It got players so engaged that they breeded Pokémon specifically to do well in certain contests, much like some people would breed Pokémon competitively. The amount of people who did this weren't nearly as much as those who competitively breeded Pokémon, but the fact that people did want to do it was still impressive in its own right. And now, they just made it a rhythm minigame and that's it. A minigame that looks mechanically bland and honestly really forgettable. I'm not saying contests were really perfect, but I personally feel that this is a little bit too severely dumbing it down. And now the Grand Underground is a different story because I actually really like a lot of the changes they made to the Underground. In the original games, it was very useful to do because you could find evolutionary stones and other items that will really help, but now it's extremely useful even helping you obtain multiple TMs, as well as so many new Pokémon you wouldn't normally get in the region. While I would prefer most of these new Pokémon to be naturally integrated into the overworld of the game, it still does help mitigate the problem of Pokémon Diamond and Pearl's mediocre Pokédex. And it seems that there's a lot of benefit with connecting with friends and doing this underground journey together, which I'm super happy with. It's just a shame that the secret base aspect of the Underground was completely removed. I'm not gonna say this feature makes the Grand Underground terrible and worthless, because it doesn't. The Grand Underground is still fun. But especially with games like Animal Crossing being so popular, I feel like people would have had a lot of fun customizing and decorating their secret bases to show off to other people around the world. And while I really don't know a lot about game development, I feel like this feature would not have been that difficult or time-consuming to implement. And the last major new feature I could think of is Ramino's Park, but I'm completely fine with that since it replaces Pal Park, which was a feature pretty much made for the time of the DS. 
And that's about all of the major additions they made to this game compared to the original Diamond and Pearl. Compared to the remakes of the past three generations that Game Freak has already done, they barely added anything. When it comes to Pokémon remakes, Game Freak has shown me that I shouldn't just expect a remake of those original games. They didn't just add features from their third definitive version. They didn't just make the game mechanically and graphically feel like the current generation games, but they always put in that extra effort to add new features that weren't present in any other Pokémon game. They didn't have to add Pokémon walking behind you in Heart Gold Soul Silver. That's never happened before, but they did anyways, and now it's a well-loved mechanic. You couldn't soar over the Hoenn Islands in the original Ruby, Sapphire, or Emerald, but they put in the effort, made soar a mechanic in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and I still consider it pretty breathtaking to this day. The Belchime Trail, as well as the room that you fight Lugia in, in Harkle and Soul Silver, are still some of the most beautiful rooms I have ever seen in any video game, period. They didn't have to do that. They didn't. But Game Freak wanted these games to shine, and so they did it anyways. The Generation 2 remakes feel like a Generation 4 game. The Generation 3 games feel like a Generation 6 game. These Generation 4 remakes, in my eyes, feels primitive to even Generation 5. Despite everything I said, I still want to stress, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are still objectively great games. At this point, it's nearly impossible to make a Pokémon game that you won't at least enjoy a little. I'm just frustrated at the fact that these games had so much potential, and Game Freak chose not to capitalize on it. It's upsetting because it's not like there's going to be any other Generation 4 remake, at least one that happens within 20 or so years at this rate. And it's just sad that by far the most accessible way to play Generation 4 are by games that I struggle to call the definitive edition on what they're based on. Now, it's no secret at all on why these games turned out the way they did. Game Freak's working on Pokémon Legends Arceus, and they needed a game for Black Friday. So they decide to let another studio remake Diamond and Pearl to take advantage of that Black Friday money. On the one hand, I'm really happy that Game Freak is taking their time developing Pokémon Legends Arceus, a game that's considerably more ambitious than this one. And I get that Game Freak wanted to release a game that's more traditional before Legends Arceus comes out to cater to the fans that aren't ready for a major gameplay shift. But it's just a shame that they had to use a game that people have been looking forward to for nearly a decade and create it not because they genuinely wanted to, but because they had a hole in their schedule. Now, I know I've said a lot of negative things about these remakes, but I just want to stress, there is absolutely an audience for this game. If you're a super casual fan who played Gen 4 as a kid, but then since sold their DS but really want to play Diamond and Pearl again, then yes, I think you'll have a lot of fun with this game. And that also goes for the younger fans who were born after the DS era, who never played Generation 4 but want to give them a chance. Now if you are a hardcore Pokémon fan who's played all the games and played Diamond Pearl Platinum at launch, I feel like whether or not these games are for you really depends on what you didn't like about Pokémon Diamond and Pearl. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl fixes what is in my opinion the two biggest problems Generation 4 had, the slow speed 
and the sheer excess of HMs. There were eight hidden machines in Generation 4, and they used them so much throughout the game. It made juggling having a really good team and still being able to explore areas thoroughly kind of a nightmare. Thankfully, in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, they made HMs a Poketch app, which is so much better. So if you played Diamond and Pearl back in the day and you didn't like how slow it was and the excess of HMs, well, Platinum certainly isn't gonna fix that. It's just as slow and just as problematic with how many hidden machines you have to learn. So I think Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will be your preferred Generation 4 experience. But, if you're someone like me that's not only played Platinum, but still owns Pokémon Platinum, and because you grew up with the DS, you don't mind the slow speed and you could tolerate the HMs at least, then I think it's up to your own personal discretion on if you really think this game is worth it. I know that obviously not everybody is in that boat. What I just described is a very specific audience. But for that specific audience, whether or not they should spend $60 US or $70 Canadian, like in my case, I don't really know. And as a testament to that, this is the first Pokemon game since 2017 I didn't buy day one, and I'm not really planning on buying it all. And I don't want to brag, but as a Nintendo fan, I'm kind of a suck-up. My love for franchises almost always outweighs the little integrity and dignity I have as a gamer. Kirby Star Allies didn't look good in its pre-release footage at all, but it came with a pink Kirby duffel bag as a pre-order bonus. I had to get it day one. Was I a little disappointed Super Mario 3D All-Stars didn't include Galaxy 2? Yes, and I complained about it, in my head, as I was pre-ordering the games at Best Buy. Now, I know this has been a very pessimistic and nostalgia-fueled view of this game. I apologize if you feel like I lost all credibility in this discussion because I've never actually played Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I've watched every single trailer, I've seen multiple reviews, I've listened to multiple review discussions, but I can't say I've actually played the game. Which is why I refuse to discuss any specific details about the gameplay, such as the difficulty. And I do realize that I'm looking at the game a lot as what it could have been instead of what it is. And what it is is still a fun Pokemon game that I think will make fans happy. But I find it sad that they took a remake of Generation 4, a concept a lot of people have been looking forward to, and just threw it out there without a lot of care or polish given to it. Heart Gold and Soul Silver are games that are still being talked about today. But honestly, after Legends Arceus comes out, I feel like nobody's gonna remember this game. In the end of the day, Game Freak didn't polish Diamond and Pearl to make it brilliant or shining, so it ended up dull instead. Hopefully next time, they will put a little bit more heart and soul into their remakes. And with that little poem that totally didn't take me 10 minutes to come up with, that's all the thoughts I had on Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. If you made it to the end of this episode, thank you so much for your support. I can't begin to express how grateful I am. If you liked this episode of the Let's Nintendo Do It podcast, it would really mean the world to me if you gave me a follow on whatever podcast site you're using to listen to this. 
and if you want to share your views on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl with me, then consider following my Twitter at WhatPodcasts. My DMs are open, so if you feel like having a friendly chat about this, or a more civil debate, I'm always down as long as you keep it respectful. This has been What's New Andrew, and that's What's New.